I'm Dylan Moore. And I'm Russell Merritt Bovell. And this is Campus Conversations. And we look forward to hearing from you. That was perfect. So we got a little <laughs> bit of a format change for today. That was fun. You know, we did the orientation show um, a couple days ago, and it was a lot of fun. We had guests coming in talking about their Almost first adventure. Almost every segment, yeah. We had, we, had, we had some first years come in uh-huh. that are new to the program. We had a couple younger second years that came in. Yeah, we had the big boss, Brian our Webb, jumped illustrious, in. Uh, yeah, our illustrious, yeah, uh, our fearless leader. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And uh, yeah, we realized it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And we're going to keep, we're well, going to try we, to keep doing that. We've got a little bit more of that in store for you today. We've got a few guests from our second year program that are going to be joining us. Uh, you'll hear from, you're just going to have to stay tuned in to find out uh, exactly who that is, I suppose. Right. right? We'll, we'll tease a little bit. Yeah. An aspiring voice actor. That's right. Somebody big in the local metal scene. Absolutely. Someone big into drum lines or drum we talked about this yesterday. Drum corpse? Yeah, drum I'm not cores. sure exactly how to how it's pronounced, but we, it, we're going to find out. <laughs> we're, we are going to find out. Yes, later later on in the show, you will be we will we will determine exactly how that is pronounced. That's right. We're going to get a call in from somebody who is also a second year. Yeah, and he's big into supernatural things. Yes, and he also joined us on our last show as That's well. That's right. So some alien activity seemed to have happened a couple days ago. I guess we'll find out. I guess we will find out. Dylan Moore and Russell Marablevel here, and we got a special guest, Chris Coral. Christopher Coral, how are you, sir? Hey, I'm pretty good, man. Thanks a lot for asking. Great for great to be here. You know? Well, we're happy to have you. Yeah, you're one of our classmates, and one of the first reactions people have when they meet you is your uh, the voice does not match the way you look. You know, and I I had just had, you know I know I'm sure you're tired of hearing this because you, you you I'm sure you get it all the time. It never gets old, man. Yeah, well I'm, I'm glad for that because we're totally throwing you under the bus on this one today. That's totally fine. Live it's, on the air. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like you, it's um yeah, you just don't expect the voice, but it's it's perfectly fitting for the radio broadcast program. Yes, which is what you are in, and. We both know that you're an aspiring voice actor. Yeah, yeah. My hopes is, uh, you know, to do documentaries, audiobooks, and commercials, man. Are you looking to be the next David Attenborough? No, I'm, I'm looking to be the first Christopher Coral. Oh, man. Yeah, that's perfect. Well played. <laughs> that was really well done. Yeah, no, uh, no one can replace David Attenborough. You just have to uh, reinvent the mold. I guess so. So, it's, you're not so much interested in uh, pursuing a career with, like, uh, character voices. It's more of um, narratives. I'm open to anything, man. Like, people tell me I got a good vocal range. Uh, for example, I do this uh, annoying orange character, like, Hey! Hey! Hey, Apple! <laughs> Apple! Hey! So, uh, yeah, like, to not use my vocal range for my career, I think, would be a crime, you know? But you see yourself, like, the dream is to be doing documentaries, is what you're saying? Like, narratives? Uh, the dream is just to, you know, use what I got, you know? So, in whatever form that comes. So, you know, I'm open to anything, man. So, anything voice acting? Yeah, absolutely. You know, anything in that field. Well, I mean, I know over first year when we were producing a lot of uh, uh, our PSAs and commercials and that sort of stuff, you were always very willing and incredibly talented and handy for voice acting work. Always oh, well, sought after. You. Oh, yes. thank you. Yeah. Highly <laughs> sought after, for sure. Yeah, I remember a lot of classmates asked me to, you know, voice some stuff for their assignments, and I was honored. You know, it's, it's a huge pleasure, you know? Yeah, that's the cool thing with, like, radio. Uh, we do, like, little... We had to do put together, like, a five-minute short story with different characters. So when you do have someone in your class who can do all these different voices... With and a, With a wide range, Yeah, right? and a naturally deep voice, it's just, like... You, you, got, you almost reserved right away, right? You, yeah. almost get, you almost get parts written for you. 
Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, a lot of people just come, they tell me exactly what they want and what kind of tone they want. And it's great, you know. Uh, sometimes they let me improv it, sometimes they know exactly what they want. Either way, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be doing it, you know. And just as a um, just as a little fun fact for our listeners out there, uh, Mr. Christopher Coral here is actually a quite gifted stand-up comic who has been making his entrance into the scene over the last uh, year or so. That's oh, right. So, yeah, and if ever you get an opportunity um, to check him out live, I've seen him several times and he i've yet to see him bomb uh actually i bombed recently you, oh. you were there for that but no thank oh, you that for i that. missed that one i suppose yeah, Can yeah. You, do no. you mind sharing like i'm always so interested like you hear with comics like i'll listen to a lot of podcasts with, with comedians and they always talk about you know the the life of a comic but they always leave out the story of when they bomb but they also mention you've got a bomb before you, have you make to it in order to 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 hone your skills. Oh, it's an inevitability. You just have to embrace stuff like that, you know, and keep moving forward. You know, that's the only option. There's no going back, you know. Yeah, yeah. so so you you have more like your jokes are more dark humor, edgy stuff, right? Yeah, yeah no nothing I would say on here, so I can't give you a sample, unfortunately. But I'm that's, working I'm working on some PG stuff, but that's that's way down the line. So tell us about this uh, you not ha like your your first night when you made your debut. I heard it went I, I wasn't there to see it, but I heard it went really well. I was there. It was exceptional. Oh, it went it went fine. You know, all things considered, it was my first time. Uh, none of my jokes got completely dead reactions, so that's really the best I could have asked for. Um, I think you're being a little modest here. It, it, no, you, no, you, I'm okay. It, it, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun that night, and and I think you, uh, I think you knocked it right out of the park. Well, you know, the crowd was well warmed up. You know, that night because everyone pretty much did really well. So, you know, I, I wasn't exactly the standout, but I did fine. You know, like it was great. You know? So now, tell us about this story where you didn't do as great because uh, it just felt like any other night i had been out of stand-up comedy for a couple of weeks due to some extenuating circumstances um i was hoping to make sort of a triumphant return but didn't quite pan out that way i'm not exactly sure what it was it was a combination of old material and new material maybe it didn't mesh well maybe the, it wasn't the right for the crowd um maybe it had something to do with the fact there weren't a lot of people there um but yeah it was just uh, every joke got a complete like uh, dead reaction which i wasn't used to because every show up until them went pretty well um all things considered so it, i wasn't used to it it caught me by surprise but uh a necessary yeah. a necessary misstep you know yeah, in moving yeah, but, forward um, yeah but i wasn't embarrassed by it i knew like i was well overdue for one so honestly like i was kind of relieved you know like okay my first bomb finally out of the way i don't have to worry about that sneaking up on me now i could just kind of keep moving forward you know and it so, wasn't as bad as you expected was it no and all the comics like it's a very warm embracing community they always embrace newcomers like they don't, they're not competitive about it like they want more stand-up comedy in hamilton you know so it's something they think is well needed and i completely agree so yeah they'll gladly run through your material with you you could give them your opinion like you know they'll they'll give you back uh their opinion so it's a really just embracing community so i like just being just hanging out with them is a joyful experience you know now uh just before we move on can i can you suggest maybe one or two venues that people might be able to find you at on on a, a semi-regular basis oh well uh unfortunately uh the place i would normally go to is no longer doing the whole stand-up comedy thing i think the bar might be closing i think it was called twisted taps i'm not too sure about that but uh yeah point is i'm gonna have to find a new place to do stand-up comedy and now with the new semester starting up i'm not sure how much time i'm gonna do but if i really want to do it i'll make time for Forward and I don't know. I'll keep you guys posted. You guys can let your audience. Know. We will definitely. Sounds great. Yeah, we will. We will keep uh, keep our listeners informed if ever you've got something coming up. Now, last question before we get out of here: Any hecklers yet? 
Any hecklers? No, oh. no. I'm I'm waiting for it. You know, you just reminded me of an earth slope. I gotta I gotta get across. But no, yeah, yeah not not just yet. I guess it's because they're they're. I try not to talk at first, you know, to anybody, you know, just so they're surprised when they first hear me talk over the mic. So maybe that I'm, I hope that keeps them surprised long enough that they can't think of anything to heckle me for. You know, it's <laughs> a but, clever tactic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it works, it works. Yeah, so that's that's the know, story. Dealing my first with, bomb. Yeah, dealing with hecklers is a whole other art form itself, and yeah. turning it into more comedy. Yeah, and I'm okay with pre-written jokes, but I'm not sure how good I am on my feet. You know, at the second, because I've never been like the wittiest guy. You know what I mean? It's always well, taken me like a day or two. I, I can tell you for sure that I I I, I think you'd be just fine. You oh, okay. <laughs> you know, no, getting to know you over the last year, uh, you're pretty quick on your feet. So oh, thank you, man. Yeah. I really appreciate it. So we're gonna we're gonna stop it here, but I know you're a bit of a movie critic, so we're gonna have to bring you back on for another segment because, uh, you know, there's lots going on in you movies. You pick apart movies, and we'd love to hear your opinions on some of the new ones coming out. Oh, please do, man! I'll be here. Wonderful. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're gonna bl- listen to some Glory Hound with Fever Stricken Night. Sounds like the night that you had, the other comedy night um, on 101.5 <laughs> The Hawk. We'll we'll be back in about ten minutes though. Dylan Moore here, joined with... Uh, Mr. Russell Mayer-Bovell. And we have Eric Anthony on the line. Eric, can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear, Dylan. Ah, there you are, sir. This I, I would just like to start by saying this is our very first call-in. This is so exciting. It's awesome. It's my <laughs> first call-in to a radio station, even ah, though so I, I'm I, in the radio program. <laughs> it's a first for all of us. First-time yeah. listener. Or no, long-time listener, first-time caller. That's, that's right. That's where the saying that's comes exactly from. That's exactly right. <laughs> So, Eric, you came on with us um, a couple days ago during our orientation for you to just talk about you coming back to school, mm-hmm. and there you dropped how, because you, you, you make uh, electronic music, how would you describe it? Uh, it's an eclectic mix of, like, techno, trance, dubstep, uh, even, like, progressive house, and I'm always listening to soundcloud youtube and spotify all, all different types of music sources for new um, inspiration to to make something that's just different and it's the, just what i like to make it's not geared towards the mainstream at all that, um, that in my opinion usually leads to some of the best work do is, what you love right yeah and yeah. follow follow your 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 own creative path and that tends to to um uh promote much more original material and you get weird bands like tool right where the yeah. music's very, almost I don't want I want to say unordinary, but it's like I don't, I don't know how you would describe they're, it. They're just they're tool. They're doing their own. Radiohead thing. remind they have some songs that and are I similar. Think, I think Eric, a lot of your stuff is like that too. I mean, it's just you're you're not trying to appeal to the masses, right? It's just you're just making music, and if people like it, they like it, and if they don't, then well, that's their prerogative. Absolutely, yeah. Tool is definitely one of my influences. Uh, I've seen them in concert three times, so. I, I would say that the the only thing we really have in common is that it's unconventional. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a talent show this year, and the first uh, minute of the performance was just drone music. <laughs> so it was like loud crashes and like sweeping noise sounds, and everyone just had this just strange like a, reaction. Like, like a, they're like, what is this? <laughs> they, they do a lot of that kind of weird sort of like screaming cacophony kind of stuff. They, they've they always had a weird uh, weird live set. I, wonderfully weird. I've seen them before as well, and they are fantastic live. They are. They really are. And they keep outdoing themselves. 
the last concert I saw, there was like an 18 or 19 minute drum solo where they just had this guest drummer with Danny Carey on stage. Uh, and he, the guest drummer had these like African drums and, uh, oh, it was just fabulous. Danny Carey, speaking of him, you've seen his kit, yeah? Oh, yeah. It's yep. absurd. I mean, there's there's like 60 pieces to it. Yeah. Yeah, it rivals uh, the drummer from Rush, almost. I was literally, that was going to be the next thing I was going to say. They, <laughs> that's hilarious, yeah. Yeah. Crazy well, Tool, stuff. Tool is just fantastic, and I, I continue to listen to them as they release new material, as they, they just have released an album. Well, uh, let's uh, we'll stop promoting Tool and maybe promote a little bit about um, what exactly is the name again? What what do you uh, identify as? Yeah, we talked about it the other day on the show. Yeah, my name, my artist name is The Conjurer of No, and the, like N O is in yes and no. The Conjurer of No, and the Conjurer of No. So you can search for that on SoundCloud. Go to SoundCloud.com and go in the search and type in The Conjurer of No. That's my channel. It's like a little UFO that's in watercolor. That my it's a painting that my dad made. That's yeah, a wonderful cool. segue yeah. right there, as far as UFOs. And you shared your story of where you got that name, which came from a dream, which made us know that you have probably tons of supernatural stories. You seem like the type of guy to be to dive right into that world. And you even mentioned you saw some some lights a couple days ago. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I was visiting my parents on a Saturday, and I had to run back. To Hamilton, my parents live in Burlington. Uh, to my apartment in Hamilton to grab some vape supplies. And uh, on the way back, it was dusk. It was there was still a good amount of light in the sky, but the sun had gone down, uh, and there were no stars yet. It was a perfectly clear night, and all of a sudden, I see these two really bright points of light. They looked like objects. And they were sort of orange-white colored. And so I, I just thought, oh, yeah, that's like a helicopter. There were two of them, helicopters with, like, searchlights. And so I kept looking at them, and I went back to look at the road. And that's they, nice. it's nice that you, uh, you know, drew, drew your attention back to the road while you were driving. <laughs> it, it was absolutely nice. necessary. I was doing, like, one, 110 on, on the QEW. Um and so when I looked back, they, they were right in front of me, right above the horizon. When I looked back, they were in completely different positions. Huh. Okay. Now, and, were, they, were they spread apart from each other, like across the horizon? Or were, because it, it, yeah. you, you could mistake them for maybe two lights on the, on, on the edge of each wing of a plane, for example. But if they've, if they've moved apart from each other, then, that, then you know you're talking about separate yeah, aircrafts so or I, entities or whatever we're discussing here. When when they first appeared, uh, they were a good distance apart, uh, like way farther than two lights on each wing of an airplane would be. So like oh, it was almost like two separate crafts, like air, yeah, aircraft. Yeah, it was definitely two separate lights, definitely. And then when I looked back, uh, they were like very close together, but still like not really moving. And each time I looked at the road took my attention away from them and then turned my attention back they were somewhere different yeah. like at a d different height like multiple multiple times they shifted yeah yeah it yeah. was really it was really strange and so i got off the highway and went up um 
one of the major roads in Burlington. And I could see them uh, to the east. And they, at that point, they sort of were behind some trees. I got home and tried to go to a park that had a good view of the horizon, but I, I couldn't find them after that. They disappeared. It disappeared. And that's not the first time I've seen strange lights. You're going to have to come back on and share more stories of it. We don't have enough time now to hear all about them. but Yeah, I think we'll is, have to flesh I, this out. It's, I'd love to do that. That's yeah. awesome. It's uh, it's very interesting. I got one little small, I guess, anecdotal, not anecdotal, but I had one time where I was big into astronomy. I bought a telescope and stuff, and I I thought I knew at any time of the day where Mercury was in the sky. That's the bright one of the bright lights in the summertime. Mm-hmm. They call it the summer star, I think. And right. I was with someone. I was trying to be all like, "Hey, look how look at look at my knowledge." And I pointed like, you know, that's uh, that that's Mercury up there. And I pointed to a light in the sky. And he's like, "Oh, cool." And then like an hour later, I'm like, "I'm surprised it's still out there." And he's like, "No, no, it, no." Maybe not an hour later, but it was like a couple minutes went by. And he's like, "No, no, I think that's an an airplane." And sure enough, <laughs> over time went by, it flew over. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, thanks, thanks, Eric, for joining us um, and t- sharing that story. And I, I, I know you got a ton more stories. So you're gonna have to come on and show some more. We'll definitely have you back to uh, flesh out some of this stuff and and get into it in a little more detail on a uh, moving forward. It was my pleasure, guys. All thanks right, we'll for talk. Me on. We'll talk to you in a bit then. Okay, bye, guys. All right, thank you. Bye. It's uh, it's getting close to eleven, but I'm Dylan Moore. I'm Russell Merritt Bovell, and time is speeding up. We're getting close to the uh, end of the hour. Too true. See what I did there? (laughs) I saw what you did. (laughs) Good thing for that. Um, We've been having guests on, and our next guest is another classmate of ours, Chris Arsenal. Hello. How are you guys doing? We're uh, very well. Welcome, sir. Thank you for having me on. I'm I'm really excited to be on here. Yeah. Oh, we're excited (laughs) to have you on. Absolutely. It's fun to have these different guests, and everyone's got something interesting to talk about. And I, I know with you, you you do a podcast, or you were doing a podcast at least, yeah. right? Yeah, I was uh, still doing it. Uh, we've been on a bit of a hiatus because technical difficulties, but it happens. Yeah, it, it does happen. Technology. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's 2019, but we're not quite there yet. Yeah, <laughs> ba- laptop batteries that could last like more than like three years would be nice. But the trouble is, the trouble is with things like that is that quality kills your company, my friend. There is no that way is we true. cannot design a car that wouldn't last 150 years. But why would you? Because then people don't have to buy a car for 150 years. Exactly. Like, it's a slippery it, slope, isn't it? It's a very slippery slope and it's pretty terrible but anyways <laughs> so yeah you do your podcast uh what what is it about because the topic is what yeah. caught my attention so the podcast that i do is uh something called drum core so, so it's drum core drum now, core we, i yes. for our listeners out there we need to clear this up because dylan and i were having a heated debate yesterday on how that is pronounced i almost at one point thought it was corpse I, I thought it was corp as in corporation. Yeah. And, but we're, we, we now have an expert to clarify that for us. <laughs> uh, I necessarily wouldn't call myself an expert, but as uh, somebody who follows drum corps uh, outside of everything as well, uh, it's, yeah. You are the expert yeah, in the room. I'm the expert in the room, basically. I, I feel like the second smartest man in the room behind both of you guys, but that's <laughs> when it comes to dream, dream core, oh. drum cores, dream core. You are sure. the man to go to. Yes. Um, so what core, what, what, what does the core there, mean? Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask you about the sort of military uh-huh. reference and maybe, yeah. maybe you could touch on that a bit. I, I, because I know the military has a, a, a committed yeah. drum section to sort yep. of sound that I hate to say sound the drums of war, but that, but it, but it, but it, it was very, it's a very real thing. Yeah, so basically what Drum Corps is, is it's 
bas- like in the modern sense, it's march like college marching band, but on steroids. <laughs> like it's probably the easiest way to describe it. Um, and from a historical standpoint, uh, uh, drum corps basically came from uh, an American, like the American Legion. Uh, yeah. After the Second World War, basically, it's like a community event to get people to come out and basically do band. Mm. Like, and so over time, it's evolved into more of an art form competition sort of thing. And now you like before it was like very regimented, very strict military, like straight lines, basically for all the drill, basically that you'd see on the field. Now they're doing like all kinds of shapes and sizes, and now they have weird microphones and electronics making a bunch of weird noises. Is there now? Is there? I mean, there's a lot of percussionists, obviously, mm-hmm. of from ma- from many different disciplines amongst percussion. But is there sort of a, any sort of minimum uh, amount? That would that would qualify you as a core. I mean, or uh, I, I, like, is is there sort of a general standard when it comes to when it comes to how many you can or can't have? Uh, so uh, I'm going to be referencing something called Drum Corps International, which is basically the premier competition. Basically, is it the Super Bowl? It's of yeah, it's Drum Corps. They brand themselves as Marching Music's Major League. So their season lasts from about mid June to the second weekend in August. Uh, where these cores tour around the United States. Uh, unfortunately, they don't come up here to Canada, but as much as I'd really like it. <laughs> we got the bagpipes. Yeah, we got bagpipes. <laughs> uh, so, uh, as well, it's not only percussionists as well uh, within these drum cores. It's, uh, so there's obviously the percussion section of like a typical, like, uh, like your typical snare drums, bass drums, tenors. You also have the front ensemble, which has like your marimbas, your xylophones. Uh, oh, I see. I didn't know that. That's interesting. I, I thought it was just all percussion instruments. Yeah. It's all percussion instruments, yeah. So, like, your marim- uh, marimbas are, like, percussion instruments. Oh, Sorry, I if see. I could cut in for a second. So, yeah, I am unfamiliar with the the drum corps, but yeah. from my understanding and, like, hearing you talk about it, it reminds me of, like, you know, the marching band you would see at a football game, but Absolutely. it's all percussion. No. Okay. Um, unfortunately, there is a percussion section within these cores. There's also, like, the color guard, the people that spin the flags. Oh, okay. And there's also a horn line, which is all brass instruments. So, so like, like, trumpets. Trumpets, uh, baritones, tubas. Trombones, that kind of thing. Trombones now, since 2014, uh, DCI legalized trombones to come onto the field. In fact, all brass Legalized? Issue. That was a legal issue? <laughs> it, yeah. So there was there's rules to this competition uh, before. Oh, I see, yeah then and now all brass instruments so you can have trumpets french horns uh anything like the euphoniums that kind of face up like the small tubas <laughs> i'm learning so much right now I, this is uh this is a world that i oh man we, i feel like a, we can go on for a while of you describing it so yeah. we're gonna have to move on unfortunately but there is so much i want you to yeah. talk about this topic in general yeah i think yeah. i think we would we would love to flesh some of this out at a when we have a little more time to work with absolutely so quickly though what got you into drum corps and why drum corps not marching bands okay so with me and drum corps it actually came from marching band my love for drum corps uh i back when i was in high school i was in the burlington teen tour band which is uh, from Hamilton, uh, the next city over, basically. It's basically a giant marching band based out of Burlington. Uh, they have like their famous little red coats, basically. Uh, and talking with some people there, they actually got me into drum corps, and they showed me it, and I was like, 
holy cow that is really cool i really want to do that one day unfortunately since i've aged out of the drum corps international since there's an age limit of 21 and under oh yeah <laughs> but there's also all age cores as well like it's there's a whole spectrum of different aspects within the activity and basically having having uh like people to talk about with, with it as well uh when i was first getting into it, it was awesome and then through the internet i ended up meeting so many awesome people uh down in vegas actually uh, i went to vegas last year i hung out with a buddy of mine uh who i'd met through the internet through drum corps basically like we're both drum corps fans he's an awesome i love guy. that i love that networking element yeah it's a whole networking element it's awesome i love it <laughs> so that's really cool that's like yeah. something you were interested in and then you find a community within it which is a community that i don't even know it exists exactly. you know but then i see someone like you and then as you're talking about it first when you step in i'm like podcast on drum corps yeah. how you what three episodes but as you're talking about it i'm like holy cow it's, it's really end up <laughs> you could have i could see how you could have a weekly episode yeah kind of at first you feel you feel yeah. it's a very very specific um interest topic uh but but that hearing you know from someone who's involved it it you realize it's actually it's really interesting and, it, and it's and it's a much bigger world than we knew about mm-hmm. um we really do appreciate having yes. you here we wish we could give you a little more time to talk and get a little further into this however uh we've got to move forward uh coming up next we got a nice song by less than jake one of my all-time favorite bands uh call to arms on the hawk that's almost perfect call to arms eh? (laughs) hey thanks chris again i'm dylan moore and i am russell merritt bovell and we're joined in studio with colin sterling yep that's correct and derek cordeaux yeah good morning guys cordeaux that's what that that, that, there it is (laughs) thank you for joining us gentlemen Uh, thank you for having us thanks so you guys are big into the the wrestling world, is that right? Oh, yes, hundred yeah. percent. So I, I I was when I was younger, and then I kind of fell out over the years. But every now and then you hear a story, and you're like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, and if you're reading the news, you saw the the story of what Chris Jericho had his belt stolen. Yes. yes. Which sounds like okay, that happens every year, doesn't it? You but can you can weigh in on you can weigh in <laughs> on that time to time, right? Derek. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know you know this. You know, oh yeah, there's always something silly going on when a wrestler loses their belt. But <laughs> now this was physically stolen, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's what happened. Yeah. So that is crazy twist of events. I'm reading it and I'm like, the lines get blurred between reality and fiction. How how would you call the storylines of wrestling? Because they're um, there's a good storyline. I mean. There, there's always story. There's a mark like us. We're marks. So when we get into wrestling, we we try to believe it. Mm-hmm. But in this case, when the story came out, it's like, is this real? Or, or oh, that's right. Or is this is this just a, yet a another? Work. A yeah, work. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm wondering. It's like, okay, you hear that story, and you're like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. But then you realize, no, no, no. The police are looking for it, and you're like, okay, the the police. Maybe they're hired. Maybe they're paid actors. But then you realize this actually got... St- what? Can you tell us the story? Yeah, so Saturday night, AEW had the event called All Out, and Chris Jericho was the first champion. He won the belt. He went and he was celebrating. He's all about the bubbly. And uh, well, What does that mean? <laughs> Champagne. 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 <laughs> of course, right. Yes. Glad we clarified that. <laughs> so uh, I guess he flew back to Florida. He went for a dinner at a steakhouse, and he left his belt in the limo while he was eating, and he came back, and it was gone. Ooh. Okay, so... Uh, d- it's since been found in my yes it has been found last night i believe yeah some point yesterday the police were reporting that it was found on the side of a road 
Just thrown. Apparently, yeah. Really? So hmm. I'm thinking somebody did not want to get caught by the cops. That could be. That's that's potentially bizarre. And I saw it was around what twenty thousand dollars. Like that's the worth of the belt. Yeah, oh, I think yeah. twenty to thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, it's crazy. That's solid gold, right? Which so. yeah, I mean it makes total sense. And okay, so when a wrestler wins this belt, is it something that just transfers every? Is it is it yearly? No, no. It could all depend. It could be. A day, it could be an hour. It, it's all depend on how they're booked. Oh, okay. Every promotion's different, and every promotion runs their championships a bit differently. In Japan, it takes it could take up to six months or a year to get a new champion. In WWE, it could take up to three months or even a week. Just so to, that's interesting. Well. So Japan has the same sort of wrestling, where it's like um, it, it's a show. Not not as much. It's not as commercialized here here in the states. In the states and in Canada, it's more enter- it's more on the entertainment aspect of wrestling. Uh-huh. In Japan, it's the wrestling, the sports, the sports, yeah, the actual uh, an actual wrestling competition as opposed yes. to as opposed to a scripted event kind of thing. Yes, I'm sure the the endings are predetermined, but it's much better. It's not cartoony, right? And, and so is what what draws you guys to wrestling because when I was a kid I loved it and then you're like oh and I thought it was real and well, you know that's the story goes and you learn it's it's not real but then for me I was like okay that's kind of phony but then I had a better appreciation when you realize okay it's it's all scripted but these guys are doing crazy stunts they're the, well they're not only they're not only athletes but actors as well yeah, and they're they're they they're they they're uh, gymnasts or um, they're doing gymnastics. I heard yes. stories that when they're trying to put like blood onto the scene, they'll get like a little razor, cut their forehead because that, it doesn't hurt. But they it, actually get fines for that. Yeah, oh, this that was in back the WWE. In the day. Yeah, that was back in the day. Well, back, speaking of back in the day, being the old man in the room, uh, <laughs> or one of the old older men in the room, Derek, you and I are a little closer in age than oh, yeah. most of our uh, fellow uh, students, but I remember growing up on um, I mean, I watched Wrestlemania like one, two, three, four, five. I mean, when I was a kid, I was I was right there watching. I remember all of those classic bouts between Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant when he <laughs> body slammed Andre the Giant and all that. Or I, what, what, the, what was the move called, you know, when, when Hulk Hulk lifted him up? And oh, it was it, just a body slam, man. Is that all it was? Yeah. yeah. But it blew everyone's mind because like, Andre yeah. was so huge and, 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 it, and it really sealed the Hulk as the Hulk. Yeah, they totally yeah. St- like told the story, the story so well. Yeah. I was, I was actually shocked, though, like, I've never seen a wrestler lose a title before, like Chris Jericho just has. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember, too, back in the day, I, they, I, some of the stuff they got away with was, we'll just say it was a little less than politically correct. <laughs> okay, uh, we won't yeah. go too far into that, but no. it was just, you know, I, I, some of the stuff I remember they were doing back then, you, you would just never be able to get away with now. Hmm, oh. Interesting. So, but you guys, you mentioned something about being fined, doing the razor blade stunt. Oh, yeah. How how do you get fined when it's wrestling and it's it's a scripted event? Like how is it a real fine? Is it? Oh uh, no, it's a real fine. Like so, how and why? They have why? very strict like drug policies nowadays. Like you know how? Hmm? Oh, did you get closer to the mic? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're breaking the fourth wall right now. Yeah. Apparently, no. Um, but the drug policies now are so much more stricter than they were back in the day. Like if you even have a little bit 
of a trace of something in you. Even you, Adderall, dude. Even Adderall, you could be <laughs> fined up to $50,000. Okay, so it's like, it's like any regular professional sport. It, it, yes. It's being regulated the way most professional sports are regulated now. Oh, yeah, and their, yeah, that's con fair. Con their concussions protocols now are legit. You can't go back to work unless you do three stages of a protocol. Okay, I, I have a question for the two experts in the room. <laughs> Craziest best i don't know move stunt move like i um, you know i i come from an age where like if you could body slam you were the man but but i know they're doing double backflips off the top ropes and stuff like that is there a technical term for like the coolest move that's going on right now 100% the Canadian Destroyer. Oh, yeah. Oh, the I was going to say the destroyer. same, same thing. thing, right? Same yeah. thing. Yeah, I was going to say that, too. The Canadian Destroyer. It's by uh, Petey Williams. Petey Williams, a good old Canadian wrestler. He will jump, flip. <laughs> it's hard to describe. Yeah, it's like a pile driver flip. You'd have to actually look it oh, up. It's yeah. pretty intense, though. Like... There is no move better than the Canadian Destroyer. It's something you have to. That's a that's a YouTube. Clip, that's a right? YouTube. Clip. Oh, so you right go, there. Yeah. Okay. So no to our listeners out there, check out the Canadian Destroyer. Yes. Now, before we get out of here, again, this common theme of I'm learning so much about a hobby, and now I'm like, I want to know more. Let's keep going, but unfortunately, there's time restraints. Yes. But I, there's one story that I know when it comes to wrestling, and it seems like it's it's super famous, and it was called the. Um, I'm drawing a blank. The Montreal screw job. There it is. Listen to that. Like <laughs> we're like in sync. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I, there was an echo there. The most you both had it right infamous. away. Yeah, nobody knows. Like if the lines were actually crossed, there there are people out there who believe there's a conspiracy. Yeah. But a lot of people just. It was a turning point it, in the whole wrestling business. That's right. The that's industry right. changed that night. Yeah. And, and that I, one was called, sorry, what? The Mont Montreal, Montreal Screwjob. Screwjob. So we got Montreal Screwjob, and now we've got and the Canadian Destroyer. Are, are we as Canadians taking over the scene? Uh, so I pretty much would say Canadians are the best professional wrestlers in the world. Love they it. Are. So from a non-wrestling uh, <laughs> viewer, the Montreal Screwjob seemed to be a whole co controversy, wasn't it? Yes. So... Okay, what was the wrestler's name? He was the... the Brett the Hitman Hart was the Canadian in the match. He was the current champion going into it against Shawn Michaels. Well-loved, too, right? Yes, both Hall of Famers now. And, and the idea was he was supposed to win the belt. Brett was supposed to lose the belt because his oh. contract was up. But Brett didn't want to lose. So to yeah. end the match in the most controversial way ever, Shawn Michaels put him put Bret Hart in his own submission hold called the sharpshooter. That's right. And Bret never tapped, but the referee called the match anyways. So Sneaky. this is another blur the lines because that part was not scripted. No, that was no. 100%. He was going shoot. into the match believing he was going to win. He said he would drop the belt the like, next day or something in the USA. Uh -huh. And, and does, does that happen often? In Canada. I mean, uh, where, where people go off script like that? Is that something uh -huh. that, that, that you, that, I mean, just because I know the two of you watch very consistently well, is it, it um that segment was replicated a couple years later but uh oh yeah with natalia and charlotte no 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 it <laughs> no? was uh, the rock and mankind but uh yes this happened in uh 1999 when it, mankind won the, his first title no when he lost uh you'd have to go back and watch it i think you're losing us guys no, 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 we're fine. Sorry, yeah. it's, it's, but, it's okay it's okay uh, there are times when wrestlers do go off the script uh just uh was a couple years ago uh down in mexico uh, one girl broke script, and I think she snapped the girl's arm. Yeah, oh. actually snapped. Yeah, yeah, legit. Snapped her arm. See, rough. And that's where you win me over with wrestling because yeah. it's like, 
it's it's like fake it's but it's also got some reality aspects it's like right in the middle yeah you get a little bit of both mm-hmm. it's I, a just, sh- I just admire not only the physical aspect um but the fact that they're also performing uh, the, that you're combining and i guess that's why maybe so many actors move into into film and television as well because yeah. oh yeah because they're 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 performers first and foremost well sorry they're athletes first and foremost but they're also half their job is as 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 actors and performers and i and i and to balance those two and do it night after night in front of those crowds with the pressure of 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 putting on a great show i mean it's it's admirable i mean it's uh, it's incredible that, that what these guys do oh, yeah. and and women sorry not just guys <laughs> yeah, you know there's uh, there's women that wrestle as well and i'm i'm not yeah. trying to exclude anyone but but i just uh, you know that that general the ability to handle so many different elements to create this one elaborate yeah. production i I, oh, yeah. I think it's incredible stuff it is very interesting and again i'd love to hear more about it again time constraints but <laughs> Thanks, guys, for joining. We'll have to Anytime. have you on to talk more about this wrestling world that I'm so unfamiliar with. Of course. We'd love to. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Moore. And Russell Maribelville. And you're listening to Campus Conversations. That's the name we're going with right now. And join with us in studio is Mr. Colin Sterling. Hi. Personally, I love the name. I, did you just come up with it now? Well, uh, you should hear our, our sultry intro. Yeah, little, Ooh. It's yeah. very warm. Yes. Okay. Comforting. It'll be great for Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, well th- thanks for coming back. You were hey, you were no with problem. us. You were with us uh, not that not that long ago, and you were also on one of our previous shows as well. So we appreciate yes. you coming in. We always hey. love having you. Triple whammy. Thank you. I just appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to come and talk. It's perfect, and you got some interesting insights when it comes to wrestling, and you're big into the local metals. You're big into the metal scene in general. Yes. But what I find very interesting is that you're super big into the local metal scene. Yeah, because. Personally, there's so much great Canadian metal content in in our country, and not enough of it is promoted properly or is showcased. So when I decide when I didn't get your job for the summer, it was okay. Now I need to do my own thing, and then I created my channel, Thrasher's Paradise. That's where right. It's a YouTube channel. Yes. Just, yeah, for our listeners out there, Thrasher's not a, Paradise. Not a podcast. Everyone thinks it's a podcast. No. I don't know why. <laughs> YouTube YouTube channel, yes? Yes. And every time I message a band on Facebook to tell them, hey, let's do a YouTube interview, they're like, so it's a podcast, right? No, I just... Yeah, 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 sure. It's a podcast. I think with Joe Rogan exploding, if you, I don't know if you guys are familiar, <laughs> he sits down, has a three-hour three-hour conversation with different guests. But he films it as well. He has a it's uh, it's a podcast, all audio, but also there's video. So now people uh, think, oh, if we're sitting down talking, it's a podcast, guys. We're doing okay. a podcast right now. Yeah, that might be the misconception, the confusion. Yeah. Now, now I now I get that. It's, but it's I, like I think a blanket. Moving, yeah, moving forward, I think you should just just go with yeah, it's a podcast. Yeah. Because then you'll get the interview. And when they show up, no, no musician is not going to appreciate having a camera there. So yes, exactly. So you reach out to these bands. Where where do you find these bands? So originally, the first three bands I got in contact with were Invicta, Raider, and Cathartic Demise, all from Kitchener. All great bands. If you ever want to listen to something thrash, deaf, and progressive, those three bands are the key. I just went to their show. I talked to them at the merch booth, got interviews with them, and then kind of went every direction with it and met bands they're friends with and then other bands that they're friends with bands i just found on my own just shot Hmm. them a message it's just you gotta find good local canadian acts from 
anywhere and everywhere. So you started looking for that metal show, going in there, and then asking those bands yes. that were there. Well, and then it, it branches. I, I feel because I, I come from the punk rock community, and it's very much similar to the metal scene. That yes. it's it's it um, it's lacking in its exposure. Really mm -hmm. good punk rock is the same as good metal. Yes. Um, and I also I love the idea of that every time I've ever been to a punk rock show or a metal show, because I'm a metal guy too. Um, it doesn't matter who is in the room. You just are immediately brethren. Like you're, yes. you know, it's a, it, you just, <laughs> you, you are immediately family yes. and, and someone goes down, you know, in the pit, there's, there's, there's 10 guys there that'll pick you up before yeah. you get trampled or whatever. Like, I mean, it's just, and do you find that when you're going to these local metal shows and, and that sense of community and, and how you can, uh, network through that sense of community? And, and and maybe reach larger bands that you could in the future uh, interview for your for your channel I feel personally that the local scenes actually a lot more of a knitted community than the larger scene for the larger bands yeah with local bands everyone knows each other it's like the bands the small town everyone knows each other's names you know the stories and stuff and that sort of thing probably went to high school together yeah exactly that sort of thing and yeah, you know, hopefully one day if I get in, you know, I'm good friends with a bunch of these local bands now, and hopefully one day it could lead to me interviewing potentially like a bigger band from sure. like Europe or even like Annihilator or Anvil. I'd love to do one of those two great bands from Anvil our Legends. Yes. <laughs> See, I consider my I'm I I used to consider myself a metalhead, but like you start naming these bands and I'm like. What? Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've not heard of these. You are not a metalhead if you do not know Anvil. They've See, been around forever, man. Yeah. See that, and that's the that's the the cool thing is like, I mean, in high school, the metalheads you they, they yes. hung out together. I don't even know if they got along, but if you wore metal shirts, you were now friends with them. It's an instant family, right? Basically, yeah. Like I own I only met my best friend. New Year's Eve last year, and we immediately decided that night we're going to Ottawa to see Slayer. That's it. We're doing it. No, no, nothing else. We're going to see Ottawa. We're going to see Slayer in Ottawa, not Ottawa and Slayer. That wouldn't make sense <laughs> at all. <laughs> not yet. So going forward with your channel, um, how? So you you networking with all these bands? Is that it now? Is it just a snowball? You know, with networking with those bands, they're going to lead you to more. Yeah, you've been yeah. really busy. I, yes. we, we're, 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 I've been keeping track of the, uh, on the site, and uh, and you're posting stuff every week. Yeah, uh, actually, speaking of that, I did just post a video not even five minutes ago. It is an interview with Kyle DC, the frontman for Invicta. Please go check it out on Thrasher's Paradise on YouTube. But, yeah, you know, like, through them, I've met, like, Raider and Cathartic Demise, but I've also met a bunch of these different bands. Like, I met a band from Edmonton called Eye of Horus, because I went to a Cathartic Demise show, and they were there, and I was like, hey, let's do an interview. So yes. now now the spider web of networking yes. is leading to other provinces. Yes. Um, I'm hoping to do this. I'm not going to confirm or confirm it, but I'm working on something from a band from Winnipeg. I've interviewed a couple bands from BC already, a band from Saskatchewan. Like Later today at 1, I'm interviewing a guy from Ottawa, but... Personally, I want to get down to the Maritimes now. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. East Coast. Yeah. There's got to be a very eclectic metal scene in the East Coast because of their Eastern, just the way the East Coast music scene is, and sort yeah. of the, the influences from the East Coast. And then if you were to get a bunch of metalheads from there, yeah. I think that I think they would have sort of a, a unique spin on metal. 
exactly like i just interviewed this band the other day um they're called the anchor and i'm thinking oh they're from halifax they're from the maritimes they're from denver colorado and it's like <laughs> oh okay misleading name but still very nice people and it was a good great interview and it's like you know now that i'm getting into the states now it's like a good mixture of both so that's cool. just it. It's just going to see where it leads, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm not picky. You can't be picky. That's awesome. And now are these... The last question before we get out of here, because we're okay. running, almost running out of time. But, I <laughs> um, are you? I see you doing, like, vlogs of you getting in your minivan, heading out to Toronto, Guelph, Kitchener to do these interviews, right? Yes. Uh, are you starting to do, like, Skype calls, too? Or is it just... When you, get, when you meet a band from, like, you know, Saskatchewan, are you waiting for them to come to a show in Ontario or are you reaching out and talking through the internet? That's funny you actually mentioned that. Uh, one of the first inter actually my fifth interview I did was a Skype call with a guy from Saskatchewan. His name's Wolf. He's in a power, a power folk metal band called Black Sun Tales. <laughs> and I feel Skype's a very crucial part to it because you never know when these bands are going to come to Ontario, if ever. So you gotta manage your time with the Skyping. Like, did, you, did you say power folk? Yeah. I see. I feel like that's an East Coast metal see, band. I Power felt, folk metal. Yes. And for <laughs> me, when the when I heard Regina Saskatchewan and that, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That I love sense. it. Very interesting. Well, thank you for joining us. Hey, You're gonna thank have to, you for having me on. I'd always love to a come pleasure. Back on. Yes. <laughs> Please do a follow-up once once the network continues to grow, because I'm of interested course. to hear more about the local um, metal scene. I'd like, just like to say quickly, I am proud to say that my, my latest video, or not my latest, but a couple videos ago, I just hit... 12,050 views. Whoa, Congratulations, sir. Yeah. Quite the milestone. Congrats. That is <laughs> well, that's very nice. I, I've, been, I've been following you all summer, and I've been really proud of all the work you're doing. Thank and, you very and, much. Uh, and especially from a, from a punk rock metal kid, um, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to see people shining light on those scenes and, and, and not in a negative, you know, just showing that they are, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful, vibrant culture. That's yeah. right. And all alive right. and well. Okay, that's very cool. Thrasher's Paradise. You love metal. Go check it out. Thank you, Colin, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Have right. a great day, guys. It's getting close to 12 o'clock. That's right. We're almost at the end of the hour, which means we are going to have to sign off now. Tragically, we need to say goodbye for the day. But uh, I had a lot of fun doing this, this show today with a... A routiner of guests, yeah, sort of a, a revolving door of guests, if you That's, will. And yep. and we and we did that on our last show as well, and it was a lot of fun. And it's great, it's great getting some of the some of the you know uh, local talent in to just come in and chat with us. Um, now we will be back next week. However, tragically, I will not be joining you. No, it's going to be an interesting second episode, yes, or second show, but. We'll I, make it work. We will find a way. It is my uh, it is my wife's birthday, and I will not be in town. However, I promise you, I will be calling in to say hello and check in with all of our listeners because I really do appreciate all of you that tune in every week. Yeah, that's right. And now that we figured out the phone line, that uh, that works out. Yes, nicely. Absolutely. But tune in next week. Thank we'll, you very much, everyone. And we will. I won't. I will be calling in next week, but we will see you the following week. That's right. All right. Take care, everybody. Have a great week and weekend. Campus Conversations is hosted by myself, Dylan Moore, and Russell Merritt Bovell. Our outro music is Streetlights by Stephen Onprashen. Our guests for this week are Christopher Coral, Eric Anthony, Chris Arsenault. Derek Cordeaux, and Colin Sterling. 
Campus Conversations is recorded at 101.5 FM, The Hawk, located at Mohawk College. If you would like to get in touch and be a guest on the show, you can find us at campus.convo1 at gmail.com. We hope to hear from you.